Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. I'm Jim White, and today myself, Simon and Danny Murphy discuss Pochettino's Chelsea reaching the Carabao Cup final. How much would winning the League Cup make everything all right at the bridge? We take a look at Calvin Phillips as he looks to revive his career at West Ham. Plus, England spinner Shoa Bashir will miss tomorrow's first test in India after being forced to return to the UK due to visa delays. He's now been granted his visa, but what was this? Dirty tricks or the law of the land? We hear from Indian journalist Shetan Narula and former England captain, the legendary commentator David Lloyd. This is our Spoken with White and Jordan. Danny, Chelsea, uh, where are Chelsea now in your eyes? They're in a final. That's where Chelsea are. Uh, they overturned a first leg defeat. Uh, at the hands of Middlesbrough Middlesbrough came down here last night and Chelsea Julie thrashed them by six goals to one and move into the Carabao Cup final but is everything alright now at Stamford Bridge this was Pochettino at the very thought of getting his hands on silverware I am desperate to, to win a title here we won in in one year and a half in Paris three, three trophies and we want to win here I am desperate to win of course it's really important for us. Of course, we are going to have a Fulham or Liverpool uh, and, um, to an um, amazing team that is going to be difficult. But of course, I think now is the moment to believe that we can win. What, do, what would it mean to Pochettino, Danny, winning, winning a trophy with Chelsea? What would it mean to Bolly? What would it mean to Chelsea? Well, it would help in Pochettino's uh, situation, of course, because silverware creates a happy fan base generally. Um, but it's it's not the be all and end all. I mean, I I don't think there's a a situation where you should, they should be even thinking about somebody else instead of Poch. You know, he's only been in the door five minutes with that young squad. He's gonna need a bit of time to influence them and and work with them and progress them. So it's important in 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 terms of the fan base more than anything. I don't think it's bigger than that. I think he'll still be there even if they lose it. Um, they'll be praying that Fulham somehow do a job on Liverpool because 
you know, playing Liverpool in the final, they're gonna they're not gonna be favourites. So it's still a big ask for them to win it. Mm -hmm. um, Liverpool flying in the finals only what three or four weeks away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's 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 good for the club, good for him that they've got to a final for any as it is for any club. But um, I wouldn't be if they didn't win it, it. It it certainly wouldn't lead me to start thinking they're on a downward trajectory because they lose to the final of the League Cup. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, Fulham's still in there, of course, uh, mm. as well. What do you think, Simon? Um, securing a trophy, is it a, a hurdle that Pochettino needs to overcome? I think it's a variety of things. I think where it, it plays out well is in the incubator that is the media for perception. Because if he wins a trophy, then you can de you can denounce the idea that he doesn't win anything in English football. The Chelsea revolution can be appear to be starting now and its engine's firing up. Um because their form recently has been significantly better. It's an, on an uptick, mm. beginning to find their levels. I still think they're away. Especially at home, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, they're travelling a little bit under the radar because uh, there are other fish to fry in, in our minds and, and other teams that are doing well. And look, you know, I watched it last night and it was like watching Groundhog Day for me for 20-odd years ago. <laughs> I thought it yeah, might no, be, absolutely. Yeah. You know, we beat Liverpool, Danny's Liverpool in the first leg at Sellers Park 2-1, go up to um, Anfield and get a touch of reality. And, and Middlesbrough got the same and that's what I thought would happen and that's What was the second leg for you boys when you well, were We got there. beat 5-0 by them five We, we beat them 2-1 in the first leg and yeah. all, the, all the press that went with that yeah. all, the, all the plaudits and all the accolades and then you go up to Anfield and you get your head handed to you They actually started alright Middlesbrough didn't they? I don't know if you saw yeah. the game but they, were the of, they were the architects of their own downfall they for were, a lot of yeah. it weren't they? Yeah. But reality kicked in and Chelsea with that group of players and with that experience should be able to overcome a Middlesbrough they should be able to put a championship Middlesbrough in their place Absolutely. Disappointing for the Middlesbrough fans because they've travelled across the country on a on a cold Tuesday evening to watch a semi-final uh, uh, semi where they've gotten bashed up but they'll have gained something from it they'll have learned something from that experience about perhaps when to play out and when not to play out but the point is is that Chelsea are in a final and that starts a different narrative it's a it's an individual game you know Chelsea are perfectly capable of winning that game mm. in a cup final against whoever they get whether it's Fulham or Liverpool I would expect it to be Liverpool irrespective of the, the tie slightly balanced better um, because of, the, of Fulham getting a goal at Anfield, yeah, um, and being still in the game, but I think it, I think what it does is it starts to create a different feeling for the players, and it starts to look like things are going in the right way because they're clearly going in the right way. They're winning games. They're not. They're you know they're beginning to build ahead of momentum, and all of a sudden, upwards in the Premier League doesn't look beyond them anymore. Yeah, yeah. And and the, and the, and the and the proclamations of disaster and looking the wrong way will start to be arrested. But it's also I mean, it'd be no longer the bridesmaid in your eyes as well if Pochettino can land silverware well, he, he with Chelsea. Would, no, well, it depends what you think he's been brought in for. If, if he doesn't win the Premier League with Chelsea or something rather significant, and the League Cup is the, is the least of the significant opportunities to win, then he'll be a bridesmaid because Chelsea haven't brought him in to win the League Cup. Chelsea, Chelsea have brought Pochettino in to rebuild what they once were, which was a team challenging and winning the Premier League and the Champions League yeah it's funny how winning games changes narrative well not changes but Always, isn't pushes it? things under the carpet I mean the, what was it a week or two on this show I think we were talking about Gallagher and people someone phoned in and said about you know he's, he's everything that he epitomises Chelsea and he's this and he's that and last night he's on the bench they play they, he plays his you know a bit more of an attacking team with his strongest midfield Caicedo and Fernandez, and they go and win and they're in a final and they've won seven out of the last eight home games and conversation's been dropped yes, well, that's results yeah. that's the business of the results no. there'll be this I mean I don't think I mean you watched them the other day against Luton 
and they were lucky to come out of that game. They strolled into 3-0, albeit against slightly against the run of play at times, but they controlled the game, and then all of a sudden Luton put the heebie-jeebies up and should have got something out of the game. So I still think they're a work in progress. They are, yeah. But of course, everything changes. You know, I don't think Liverpool are operating at the level they once operated before, but they're winning games, Yeah, and that's what counts. And I, I think- mean, this other one's finally balanced, Simon. You, you know, they're at Fulham tonight, and it's 2-1 Liverpool. Well, I think... I, I think- mean- they're not there yet. No, the 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 Fulham performance in the first game was terrific. I mean, at one nil, they they missed two wonderful opportunities on breakaways to to make it two, which would have put a real spanner in the works. And Liverpool yeah. did what they did. They made they tweaked it. They made a couple of subs. They got back in the game. They they were intense and physically good right till the end. The thing is with Liverpool though, and the difference with Liverpool at the moment is they don't really have to play that well to win games. They only need a twenty minute spell in this game tonight to get through. Mm. You know, if they if they, whoever they play up front whoever they play in, up in the final third is, is capable of scoring goals so Fulham might be in the game might be a bang at it but Liverpool have this ruthlessness in attack at the moment that wins games yeah um, Ben Chilwell is back mm. uh, are we way too far down the line for him to be on the plane to Germany this summer no, I think if he plays from now to the end of the season, he's got a really good chance of getting in because he's a terrific player. He's technically very good, brilliant going forward. Um, and we're not, we don't have an abundance of talent at left back in this country at the moment. Luke Shaw's not back fit yet, I don't think. So, no, he's got a chance. He's got a hell of a chance. Yeah. But he's got to stay fit. Yeah, I mean, Gary Neville, Simon, claims Chilwell must rebuild trust with Chelsea and England by staying fit, quotes, for a long time. After starting his first game in four months. Why, why is he a distrustful character then? It's an unfortunate adjective to use. I don't yeah, think it's, it's about trust. I think it's about the fact that he needs to remain fit. That's yeah. He hasn't gone out of his way. He's not a Winston not Bogart, exactly. is he? He's not sitting in the sitting on the bench being happy picking up his money. Winston Bogart, I remember he, that. He, he's been yeah. you know, he's 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 trying to get himself fit. If he if he's fit for the rest of this season and performs at a high level and Chelsea keep on moving through the gears and getting better and better, he has every chance. I don't think there's anything to do with trust. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Luke, nobody Luke wants Sh- to be fit more than Ben Chilwell. Oh, if so. Luke Shaw's fit, he'll play. Right? He'll that, yeah, I mean, is that important? Of course, if he's, built, yeah. if he's rebuilt the trust. Because yeah, <laughs> he gets injured quite a bit as well. <laughs> oh, he's a Man United player. Don't need, don't need that, do you? Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. So now we know, it looks like the next port of call for Calvin Phillips is going to be West Ham United. It looks like Calvin Phillips is going to head there. On loan, he's set to undergo a medical assured at West Ham today after they agreed a six-month loan deal with Manchester City. But this is Calvin Phillips in his 18-month spell at Manchester City, who has only made six starts since his £42 million transfer from Leeds United back in 2022. And then it all seemed to start with such good intentions as far as Calvin was concerned. You know, over the past few years at Leeds, I've done really well. Obviously, got into the England squad as well and done really well there. And, you know, very appreciative of what, you know, I've done at Leeds and, you know, everyone I've been around and just wanted to test myself you know, on the next step again with players, you know, with unbelievable work ethic and, you know, an unbelievable manager as well. So I'm going to learn a lot from not just Pep, but the whole team and, you know, even other players that are playing in my position. That's one of the main things why I joined here was, you know, to be coached by Pep and to have the influence with all the stars in the team and, you know, just integrate with them well and, you know, learn a lot of new things and excel my game even more than what it has done in the last four years. 
Danny, you and I were talking earlier. The same Calvin Phillips, it could be argued, has won everything with Manchester City and kind of hasn't at the same time. Well, I don't think he'll feel like he's won everything because he didn't really play. He didn't have a significant role at all. He'll, he'll probably be feeling disappointed with his time there if he's an honest lad, which he probably is. Most players don't feel particularly elated when you win something you haven't played very little in a competition. I've been in, been in those squads where you can see the lads not as engrossed in the celebrations or the, the sense of satisfaction compared to when you've contributed. But never, 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 nevertheless, he's a talented lad who needs a platform to play. He's got an England squad to try and get into. And I think this could be a good move for him. But when you look at the midfield West Ham have got, I know they're still in two competitions, so there's going to be quite a few games. But Alvarez has been sensational since he's gone there. Um, I know he's got a little calf injury at the moment, but he plays in the holding role. Right. And you've got Ward Prowse and Suchek. Sometimes Paqueta plays in there. So there's competition for places. My feeling is Moisey and the club wouldn't go out on a limb, put the money in to, to get him if they weren't going to play him. I think he'll take Suchek's place. So is it a good move for West Ham? Is it a good move as far as Hammers fans are concerned? Absolutely, because he's a talent. still to see the best of him. Oh, he's still a, to see any of them. He's a talent. He's, uh, he's technically very good. He's calm. Um, very good on set plays. Spots danger. Does his work. He's not. He's um, he's not lazy in that respect. He puts himself about. So yeah, I hopefully I I, I hope for West Ham fans they see the best of him. I hope for him actually. Yeah, because he seems like a good lad. I mean, I think I think I saw Guardiola saying quite recently, Simon. I feel for Calvin Phillips in the situation because under me he's not going to get game time. Mm. And I, I, I'm kind of sorry about that, but for a variety of reasons, it's not going to happen for him here. So it's got to happen elsewhere. And if it's West Ham, then why not? Well, I'd imagine it's a combination of, of reasons. I mean, the player's got to take some part in that mm. because he's got to force the decision for the manager to include him in the team. His performances, when he gets an opportunity or on the training ground, have got to drive the manager into a decision-making process. And clearly he hasn't done enough of that. Um, what he saw in Kelvin Phillips against what he got, I don't know what the difference is and whether he was actually buying him as a squad player in the first place and whether that was the vision that was sold to Kelvin Phillips in the first place. I can't imagine it was. And they spent 42 million quid on him. Going out to West Ham, well, it could re-energise him. It could do what it did for Jesse Lingard a few years ago. Mm. And then Nottingham Forest got the benefit of that with their wonderful opportunity that Jesse Lingard gave them nothing from. Or it can do something that really um, potentially damages Kelvin Phillips because the worst thing that can happen to him is he goes to West Ham and doesn't get in their side or gets in their side, doesn't perform and gets dropped out again. That would be an even worse scenario. I don't expect that to happen because if you're going to sign a player from Manchester City and an, inter an England international um, that's only being kept out by other internationals at Man City because Man City are just an irresistible force dominating everything, then you can legislate for that. Look, I think he's an okay player. I think he's clearly a decent player. I don't think he's a well-beating player. And we have a tendency to make these players into well-beaters and they're really not at that level. But I think he'll add something to West Ham. He's not going to excite the fans. He's not exciting a player, is well, he? Well, he's, he's, he's not dynamic. He's not dynamic. He's he's um, he's a grower, not yeah. a shower. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is he grows on people with his game intelligence and his brightness. But he's he, a fetcher, not a carrier, isn't he? To a degree, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Is it on Phillips, Danny, this situation? That it hasn't worked at City? I think... No, I agree with Simon. I think it's a bit. I think it's situational as well as himself. I don't think it's just on him. Uh, my understanding of it, and speaking to one or two people who within that club who know him a little bit, he's supposed to be a really good lad. Trains well. Doesn't. He's not party boy. He gets on with things. He's he's trying his best. He's just up against real quality, and maybe he struggled a little bit with that 
maybe, and I've seen it before, you know, you can have all the quality yourself, but when you're around super talented players with a mindset that you've never seen and an intensity that you haven't seen, you just fall right. away a little right. bit. Right, right. At Leeds even, I mean, Bielsa elevated him. He was he was a bit on the periphery when Bielsa came in. Bielsa worked with him and made him the main man, and you could see his confidence grow. And he became Danny. There's James, the Arsenal fan. Why is Guardiola getting away with this? Uh, he's supposed to make players better. Why did they sign him in the first place? Well, I'm a, hold on. Whoa. I mean, let's go through the City squad and look how many players he's made better and how many he hasn't. You, you're gonna you're gonna fail with the odd one. Mm. One or two, three, yeah. four, yeah. maybe out of a squad of twenty-five. And that's mm. fair enough. But I mean, you know, he can still be held to account for it. You can st you still you still spent the best part of fifty million pound on a player. Most people that spent fifty million pound on a player would be accountable for it. And ultimately, he doesn't have to be because his team are winning. Well, and because no, he doesn't have to be because he's got so many others right. Sure. I mean, we can look at other ones that potentially haven't worked out well. Like Leroy Sane that didn't didn't get from him what he possibly wanted. But look, mm. there's no doubt that Sane was brilliant at City. He didn't well, leave because of his football ability. Well, he wanted to. He was in and out, wasn't he? It kind of is on the player, though, Danny, isn't it? Play. Look at the Cole Palmer situation. Um, he's out of Manchester City and he goes to, to Chelsea because it seems that he wasn't going to feature uh, under Guardiola at Manchester City, just as Calvin Phillips hasn't. Yeah, I think the difference with Cole Palmer is that he was being kept... He's only a young lad, of course, and not yeah. spent a fortune on him, but he was being kept out by unbelievable, like Bernardo Silva and Foden. I mean, mm. you, and, and again, he wanted to leave. I don't think Pep's the type when once someone says they want to go I mean they wanted him to stay they wanted Cole Palmer to stay he's mm. the one who said he wanted to go and play but he grabbed the situation himself I think Palmer didn't he he said I want to go and play someplace yeah, fair play to so, him so, so fair play to him Hey I'm Ryan Reynolds recently I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation they said yes and then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts they said what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems it's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Danger. Flammable exchanges ahead. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Let's get to cricket because Talk Sport, well invested in more ways than one in uh, the Test Cricket Series in India, featuring India against England. It will be live on Talk Sport. But England spinner Shoab Bashir will miss tomorrow's first test in India after being forced to return to the UK due to visa delays. So what is this? What is going on behind the scenes here? 
Bashir, just a youngster, forced to, to stay put until this can be sorted out. But it should be added that Bashir and his family are of Pakistan heritage, Pakistani heritage. Applicants for Indian visas are asked questions about their family background and any potential connections with Pakistan, of course, come to the fore. Pakistan have not faced India in a bilateral series since 2012-2013 as relations between the countries have worsened. And is this a demonstration of that? David Lloyd, of course, who's going to be centrally involved in TalkSport's coverage of the test uh, series, says in his column in the Mail that Bashir's visa snub has echoes of the Basel Dolavira apartheid row and that the ECB should seriously think about bringing the England team home. Uh, he goes on to say that the ECB have a decision to make over the treatment of this young player, Bashir. Either ignore it, carry on, or tell India that they will not start the test series until their full complement of players is present. Either that or go the full hog and bring the England team home. Indian sports journalist Shatan Narula joins us live. Shatan, good morning to you. Um, this is big news here. What's it like where you are? Well, hello, Jim, and uh, hello to everyone else. Uh, well, first of all, I'm in Hyderabad in the TalkSport comms box. Uh, we are looking at uh, Bass Ball versus Turning Ball. The first test begins tomorrow, live on uh, TalkSport, obviously. So, yeah, we are um, gearing up for that. Um, yes, a bit of a controversy before the first test match, uh, as you have aptly defined. Uh, but I would say it's a bit of a storm in a teacup, nothing more than that. But but is it? I mean, these are very strong words from David Lloyd. He's even suggesting, look, if this persists and the boy is grounded here, here in England, then uh, the, the the England team should should come home. I mean, it's it's serious stuff, is it not, Shatan? Well, there are different ways to look at it. First of all, it's not the BCCI who pre prevented uh, the youngster from uh, coming to India and playing cricket. It's it's to do with the law of the land, and uh, the law of the land has changed in the last few years because of the relationship uh, between the two countries, India and Pakistan. So, And it's, it's not just a procedure for him. It's a procedure for anybody who has Pakistan heritage coming to India. There is a secondary or a you know, tertiary degree of uh, investigation in the background and figuring out because of the past incidents that have happened. I don't want to go into detail over that, but there have been some incidents. So just... You know, you have to be careful and all. So, look, it's it's a diplomatic thing. It's it's nothing to do with the BCCI. It's nothing to do with cricket. It's just a it's just a visa process that needs to be undertaken. And the fact is that he was in Abu Dhabi and he needs to be in London and go to the High Commission for the process to be completed. So that is how he can travel to India. So it's just a it's a, it's just a mixture of circumstances, different circumstances. Uh, Obviously, it's not good, and uh, maybe the BCCI and the ECB should have gotten together earlier, figure it out, because it's not the first time it's happening. Uh, but look, again, it's, it's, it's all diplomatic. It's, it's a visa process. It's a law of the land, and that needs to be followed. It seems strange that, that this wasn't preempted by somebody in charge. I mean, <coughs> yeah, somebody's job. Sorted out. Yeah. When I've travelled the world with football with players from various nationalities, somebody's job is to check everybody's got the right credentials and the right... Every, everything is, is double-checked, triple-checked. So that's... Yeah. I think somebody, somebody's, I don't know, not done their job there. Well, or maybe nobody's employed to do that type Simon, of thing. what we know is he was named in the squad six weeks ago. Yeah. And, and, the, and then the ECB got involved in the visa process then. So do you think there's more to it? I mean, even here, 
the, the, the word discrimination is, is being used by some outlets. Well, it depends what the process is. Um, Shatan just laid it out pretty clearly mm. that there's a, there, there's a diplomatic process to go through. If the lead time for everybody that has Pakistani heritage because of the diplomatic relationship between the two countries takes a longer period of time than six weeks to get a visa, then that's the end of the discussion. And that then puts you in a situation, it's been done previously with the Australian batsman, he had a similar challenge. Um, and, I mean, well, it's difficult for you to answer because you're a sports commentator, but when you make the observation that this is not single... I mean, I actually believe that sports shouldn't be exempt from all the for all the obligations that any other person has for getting a visa to go into a country. It shouldn't be just because you're a sportsman. But what is the lead time? If, if, I'm, if I've got Pakistani heritage and I want to come into India for whatever reason, whether it's for business or for sport or for social or leisure, what is the lead time to get a visa? Well, obviously, I'm not a Indian government spokesperson, so I can't accurately answer that. But it's more than more than six weeks. It it takes a long time. Well, there's the answer. And and and, and again, like I said, there has been precedent in the past, uh, like you mentioned, the Australian uh, batter Usman Khwaja, and and it's not it's not a question of discrimination. We have other players. Rehan is here. Moin Ali comes here and plays the IPL. Imran Tahir comes from South Africa and plays here. Usman Khwaja has been playing here. So it, it's not a question of discrimination. It's a it's a question of following the procedure, following the process, following the law of the land. And that has changed in the last 10, 12 years because of the incidents that have happened on Indian soil where Indian citizens have lost lives. So it's it's just a matter of, you know, uh, safety and uh, safeguarding our own people and following the diplomatic process. And again, I would like to point out, he needed to be in London to get the Indian High Commission to stamp his papers and not be in Abu Dhabi. So, uh, yeah, it's it's it's... You know, different circumstances coming together in this yeah. uh, unfortunate manner. So the conspiracy theories are all nonsense. Yeah, but Shatan, you, you, David Lloyd is somebody you respect, I would think. Yeah, absolutely. When he talks, you listen, right? Absolutely, but again, so you know, he's we can saying, have differing opinions. He's saying the young player will be feeling awkward and perhaps embarrassed by the situation. He should not be put in this situation, and he's done absolutely nothing wrong. You'd agree with that? <sighs> to a degree, yes. But again, like I said, you know, th there's a lot of the letter. And there's a law of the land. If, if, uh, if you know, the visa form clearly mentions for all non-Indian citizens living overseas, the foreign citizens living overseas trying to come to India, the form clearly mentions, please mention your Pakistan heritage. Which, which presumably he's done. He's probably done. And then obviously it takes a longer period yeah. for the visas to come through. Because like I said, there's a secondary check, there's a tertiary check. There's a very, very detailed investigation into it. So it takes a longer period processing time and I think it's just that there's no malice here like I said the rest of the squad is all here the rest of the squad all got their visas hmm. and and you know different players from different parts of the world have been visiting India have been playing cricket here yeah. and all of them are welcome here the Pakistan team was here for the World Cup their visas were delayed as well because they were planning to go to the UAE and then travel to India that doesn't work like that so you have to wait for the Indian High Commission to grant visas and then come to the country everybody's welcome here but is, is there any suggestion that the Indian High Commission is dragging its feet deliberately? David Lloyd says India are stopping one of our players from playing. Do you agree with that, Shatan? No, I don't agree with that. I think uh, with all due respect to Bambul, I mean, uh, obviously he's a very senior voice and uh, like you said, uh, needs to be respected. But again, we can have differing, differing opinions. Uh, we're not stopping him from playing here. You know, he's very, very welcome. Indian captain Rohit Sharma said that. He sympathizes with uh, Shoaib Bashir and he hopes he can come here and play some part in this test series, play for England in front of all these loving crowds. It's just, uh, it's just sad that he won't be able to play in the first test because of this diplomatic procedure. 
the world's most dangerous download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Former England captain Michael Vaughan has labelled the situation absolutely outrageous. Vaughan has said, you've got this young guy who now has to fly back to the UK to sort it out. What is that doing to the young kid? I just think it's absolutely outrageous that uh, a young player has gone through all that and he's gone to Abu Dhabi and he's th- he then sees a group of his teammates getting on a plane to go to India and he can't get on the same plane with him. It is madness. David Lloyd, who was mentioned there by the sports journalist in India, Shatan Narula, David Lloyd has gone further. He says Bashir's visa snub has echoes of the Basil Dolavira apartheid route and that the ECB should think about bringing the England team home. David Lloyd joins us live with Simon and myself and Danny. Uh, David, good afternoon to you. That's a pretty extreme view, but you you stick by it, do you? Well, I do, and I'm not on my own either. And of course, everybody watches social media. There's always controversy when England go to India, and I'm really looking forward to the Test Series. But I think they were thrown off guard, the, the England authorities, because Rian Ahmed... And is exactly the same. Rian Ahmed is born in the UK. His father is from Pakistan heritage. And, and he's in there and has been there before. And so I thought they were thrown off guard. And he, I, I'm sort of with the lad. It must be very embarrassing for the lad. He's born in England. You know, and we would sort of shout that from the rooftops. He's a young fellow who's been selected to play for England. And I thought that uh, the authorities could have done a little bit more and leaned on India or the government, whoever it may be, and say, well, hang on, we'll play when he's back here. Well, David, you're saying, uh, I noticed in the mail today, the ECB have a decision to make. They either ignore it and carry on. They tell India they'll not start the test series until their full complement of players is present. In other words, until this boy joins them or bring the England team home. Are you serious about that, David? In, in, in an extreme sense, could it really honestly get to that? Well, again, I'm, I'm not on my own. You can see so many people who would say one out, all out. And so there's always going to be a great debate uh, about it all. But you just look at a 20-year-old lad fulfilling his ambitions and his dreams. He is English. And I know it's diplomatic, which is not my area. I'd say that that is not my area if there's conflict between two countries. But Rian Ahmed is exactly the same. And he's been allowed to go through. So is it sort of a random thing? Is it a tit for tat? Have we done something to upset India? And they would have expected from Abu Dhabi to go into India with a full complement of players. But we don't we don't know what's on the declaration that he's declared. You know, if you have to fill in a form and they ask for certain information, and we don't know what he's put on there, so we don't know the real. We're hypothesising about it, aren't we? The, the, I mean, the argument basically is: have they not got enough time to get this done? I mean, the the squad was announced six weeks ago. Have they not had sufficient time to get this done? If not, why not? And David, you might not like hearing this, but Simon, you think David's view and the view of Michael Vaughan is somewhat over the top. Uh, yeah, because I think if you if you understand the principles, whether we agree with their immigration policy or their visa policy, whether we agree with the issues between Pakistan and India, their policies are very simple. And it's it's laid out in the High Commission of India uh, in terms of immigration policy, which it takes between 15 and 90 days. The lowest it will be is 15. The longest it will be is 90 days. So if they've gone apart, and I would suggest that a median of that is probably 50 days, that's the middle mark. And if England or the ECB applied six weeks ago, they've left themselves in a position where 
this manifest this can manifest itself. Is that not a fair comment, David? Well, it is, but I mean, the the tour was selected uh, six weeks ago, and they would have got to work straight away. And taking Danny's point up there, we don't know what was on his particular declaration, and was it different than Rian Ahmed? Rian Ahmed is there. He's but David, you're the one that's you're the you're the one that's throwing the superlatives around. You're the one that's making it. uh, You're uh, raising the temperature on this. If it's all well and good, you saying from a sporting point of view, and I understand it because obviously I've been involved in sport. That there are certain things you make decisions at certain times. He's been selected for the squad six six weeks ago. If the principle behind their immigration policy, uh, and specifically with um, Pakistani heritage, is it takes between fifteen and ninety days then you know as a governing body that you need to give yourself a maximum days. of 90... If it goes 91 days and they haven't done it, then you start start, you know, start shouting foul. And then the next argument that you, that you could make is, well, there should be dispensation for sports stars and there should be a different dynamic and some people would push back against that. But when we're throwing around these ideas that this is not right and unfair and of course the young man's being affected by the circumstances but that's the law of that country it's a law of the it's a law of the country simon but it's also ridiculous it's a ridiculous set of circumstances isn't it i'm sure i'm sure we've arrived at a fairly ridiculous situation i'm sure there's plenty of people that were in other countries that could point to some of the things we do in this country and say it's ridiculous what we do whether we like it or we don't it, for me, as a commercial man looking at this, and as a, and as a sports administrator previously, I would suggest if I needed, if I was told and knew that a visa was going to take me a maximum of ninety days, yeah. I'd price in ninety days. Mm. And now, how you do that in the cricketing world when you make a team selection with only six weeks to go is the difficult part. But it is what it is. David, we- what about this for a message from one of the listeners, Murphy in South Wales? Good afternoon, guys. I love your show. That's great to hear. Thank you. With regards to this cricket story, what happened to never leaving a man? Be- behind the rest of the England camp should have gone home with them to show that they've totally unified throughout oh, that's nonsense. do you agree with that David I don't agree with that principle but there's many do if you look at social media we'll go a on something like this and that is something that comes up regularly now getting back to Simon's point the, the tour party would be selected and then they would get to work with the visas I come back to Rian Ahmed he's exactly the same we don't know. But, but, the, but the information about Rianard. Danny's point was that we don't know what was on his declaration. Now the authorities, I the people who deal with this at ECB would know that, and they would expect him from Abu Dhabi to go through alongside Rian Ahmed. Well, look, what he's they're saying English. about Rian Ahmed is that Rian Ahmed already had a visa sorted, as he was reserved for the 50-over World Cup squad that took place in 2023. There you go. Okay. So that's the difference, isn't it? So that takes Rian Ahmed. Ahmed uh, question off the table and it leaves you with the reality of why does it take them so long to process and the only argument you can really have in your position when you're throwing around these superlatives is he's a sports star and so he should have less time to have to go through it than anybody else that's the only well, argument it, you can have left in, in my understanding having been involved with England uh, quite a long time ago is that sports people are fast track? You can get fast track through. You know that's that's not something that's new. And of course, this is not just applying to the UK. That you look at Australia, they've got a comment on it because Kawaja was exactly the same. Indeed. The so that, so that means it's consistency, then, doesn't it? 
It means that you, you, they're running a consistent argument. And you, you make the yeah. argument sports stars, but during COVID, we had this constant battle about what sports stars should be able to be exempt from. And I think governments held the line about what sports stars should and shouldn't be able to do and how they should and shouldn't be able to travel. And it becomes an argument. And you may well, well have validity in that argument, David. On a, on a totally different thing, I am absolutely gobsmacked that three players in this next test match in Australia are playing positive covid they, they must have some constitution. I've had COVID three times. It knocks you sideways. There's three of them playing positive COVID. Yeah, well, that's anyway. In, that's insane. Is it not? Is it? I'm missing. I'm, I think we're missing the big thing here. If you're in charge of an organisation like England cricket, and you, it's even in your mindset to be maybe picking a player, maybe you are, you don't you're not going to allow the, allow the squad out till six weeks. I think it was. But if you know the ninety day rule. And there's some players who make... So what you do is you have to... You allow to, yourself time. Yes. Well, that's my point all so, along. So this could all have been nipped in the bud if somebody at the ECB had the intelligence and the, the whereabouts to just go, look, this could be a problem. Let's nip in the bud. We'll have to start doing the visa application for two or three of these guys who we might have a problem with because there's a 90-day rule in, in, on, the, on the website. Yeah, yeah. Really not that difficult. Wait, wait. It's, 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 David, it's difficult to second-guess it. Young, young Bashir's only... See, sorry, on you go, David. Ask the ECB, did, did you follow everything very quickly? We will. Yeah, well, Jim will. But, that, but that's the point. But, but David, it's, it's, and that may well be the point, but you're not pointing your guns at the ECB. You're pointing your guns at the behaviour of India. But yeah, I've, I've written a column and, and that's that my point. my view. An opinion, and, and and I'm absolutely thrilled. This is my first time on Talksport, and I'm falling out with Jordan. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> we're not falling out; we're agreeing to disagree. <laughs> um, at, at the end of the day, David, this boy is just a youngster. Um, yes. He's he's only recently twenty, and he finds yes. himself in the middle of all this. What does he do? Just shrug it off, wait for the the call, and say, "Well, your your visa's now ready. You can go and just get on with life." I mean, do you think he'll feel a bit victimised at the moment? Well, to take the sting out of all this, yeah. I think he'll be there very quickly. He'll be back very quickly because as it's emerged, he's had to go back from Abu Dhabi to get a rubber stamp. All the stuff this morning is that everything's in order. It just needs one stamp. So that could have been avoided. Now, again, just in, I mean, in my slight defence, I'd, I'd like to have known that previously. Um, but, you know, I don't think there's any damage done. There's nobody dead. <laughs> True. And well, David, we've all we've all done columns we regret. Why? <laughs> oh, David, you're in good company. I can tell you here with these two. David, with Virat Kohli out, I mean, what sort of an opportunity does it hand to England, even without this young boy in the in the squad? Well, Kohli is world class, absolutely world class, and so they will miss him. I just thought they could have played Pajara, but I don't think they've gone down that route. And so Brook is out for England, who's you know, an up and coming young player. That so, so there are two main players out in the batting, one for each team. They will miss Corley. I think that's an opening for England. And again, he's out for personal reasons, and that hasn't come out as to what sort of problems there are. Um, but I think that from an England perspective, is not a hindrance by any stretch. But you want to play, in, well, in my opinion, you want to play against the very best. And so the thought is that he would be back for the third test match. How do, you, how do you see it developing then, David? What, I know it's difficult to second-guess it before a ball is even bowled, but what, what's your gut feeling? 
Well, I'm interested in England's team, having picked a, a spearhead bowler in Ward and three spinners, maybe four spinners. And so a very inexperienced attack with Rian Ahmed and Tom Hartley. Jack Leach comes into the team and you've seen pictures of the pitch. I went back to 2018 and looked at the, the pitch or the game against the West Indies on this venue. And it looked a really good pitch. There were runs scored. Fast bowlers took wickets. Spin came in later in the game. But looking at this pitch as they unveiled it, it is very dry. It's bare at the ends. And so England have looked at this and said, well, it's going to spin. Why have they said that? Dinesh Kartik, who was very recently India's wicketkeeper, very recently, he's in England's coaching camp. And so I think it's good to have that local knowledge there. By the way, I have no problem at all with the spinning pitch, none whatsoever. It's same for both sides. Mm. And there's a toss right at the beginning, 50-50. You know, you know, you spoke earlier about Harry Brook. I mean, I, I know he's a wonderful talent, and the Coley situation has kind of, maybe, maybe made this one a little bit seem less relevant. But he's a huge miss, isn't he? Yeah, he, he is, and and of course, you listen to uh, the coach McCullum saying we're going to carry on in the same way, and I think that's right. You could call it gung ho or high risk. You know, I'd rather say that they're going to play aggressively, and I think that's what you need to do against India in India. You can't yeah. have it too comfortable for them. Um, but it will spin. It's obviously going to spin. And I think the Dinesh Kartik appointment is very significant because he's giving them local knowledge that perhaps they, they wouldn't have. David, thank you very much indeed. Looking forward to hearing from you. David uh, Lloyd with us, former England captain, of course, legendary commentator. Many would argue, and I would agree with them, the best. Um, no Virat Kohli in the first test then for England, maybe uh, for India. Uh, that maybe gives uh, Virat Kohli time to entertain his just the 266 million followers on Instagram. You can hear live and exclusive coverage of England's test series in India on TalkSport 2 and the TalkSport Cricket YouTube channel. The first First test gets underway tomorrow morning from 3.30 a.m. Danger. Flammable exchanges ahead. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts from. We're back tomorrow to bring you the best of the show.